We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the show. It is Ivy Nation Sports Talk. We are up. We are running. We have Tom Noy. Jesse's going to be along in a little bit for rapid fire, but we've got the one, the only Tom Noy from the South Bend Tribune. And uh, you can going to say, like, that that was a little bit suspect hand motion you were doing before you panned down a little bit there. People were a little bit worried. What is it's, what is your cat's name? <laughs> his name is the Scout Man, and Scout he Man. lives up to the name. He lives up to the the name his name because anything that's happening anywhere in the house, he's got to scout it out. And sure enough, I came upstairs in the darkness of of my upstairs den to to do the podcast, and he came wal- waltzing in, opened the door, and wants to hear everything that Sean Styers has to say about whatever we're going to discuss. I was going to say, he's got to hear everything that, that his master, Tom Noy, has to say about <laughs> he already hears that all the time. basketball. That's right. He's got to get all the scoop so that he can uh, so that he can run it out. It, it, it's interesting that on the day we're doing this show, Mike Bray tweets out a picture of himself with uh, the dome in the background. His last day on campus, he is, he is shoving off for the ATL. <laughs> He is leaving tomorrow morning. I tried to get with him one final time, and he's just been running around like a crazy man trying to get everything finalized with the move to Atlanta, and which is okay because last I checked, Georgia Tech is a repeat opponent for the Notre Dame men's basketball team. So Notre Dame will be going to Atlanta this year, and I'll hopefully be able to piggyback that trip with a couple of uh, – with a side trip to see the Atlanta Hawks play and see Mike Bray in action in whatever role he's going to serve on Quinn, Quinn Snyder's staff with the Hawks. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see him in that role. Yeah, And, you know, when when he took it, we were talking. Kelvin Sampson spent some time in the NBA. You know, there are plenty of guys who have kind of uh, – now, Samson, obviously, for a little bit more dubious reasons, you know, he had to you know, go to the NBA for a while before he could come back. But, you know, it, it's it's worked out for him. Who knows? Who'd they hire, by the way, at Georgia Tech? Who'd they end up hiring down there? To, uh, to the new coach at Georgia Tech, is Damon Stoudemire. Oh, I didn't realize that. The they, former Arizona point guard. He was on the staff yeah. of Joe Missoula with the Boston Celtics. And that was that was a pretty quick hire. They they got that done way quicker than what it took Notre Dame to get to Micah Shrewsbury. So it'll be interesting to see how 
it works out. Damon Stoudemire was a college coach at Pacific, so he does have college experience. But it was it was kind of an odd move, but but it may be a move that that will generate some 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 life back into that program. Interesting. Where'd Pastner end up? Is he working anywhere? Do you know? No, I think he's on the Mike the Mike Bray track where yeah. he got a nice little buyout, whatever it was, from Georgia Tech, and it's just gonna just kind of kind of lay low for a year. Yeah, I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. I'm gonna miss him because there was nobody more entertaining on the ACC coaches conference call than Josh Pastner because no. everybody you brought up doesn't matter who it was, doesn't matter what type of year they were having. Josh Pastner was convinced they belonged in the Hall of Fame, whether it he was Dick or Mike Bray or whoever. Like Mike Bray's three and seventeen in the ACC. Mike Bray's a Hall of Famer. Like, come on, Josh. Yeah. No. Well, and you know the funny thing about him is that first year being on some of those calls, as you well know, like he he liked to talk about how he was far exceeding his athletic director's expectations and they weren't supposed to win any games and they won a few games and all that kind of stuff. And it was really pretty downhill after that, you know, they, well, they, they did win the ACC. I think uh, the year after the pandemic, I want to say they did win the ACC tournament, but it, yeah, after that, when they, True. when they lost guys like Jose Alvarado, it when Moses, Wright, It was, it was downhill from there and it was, uh, but we we've got to just to compete every night. You know, we're we're so we're so challenged and we've got to be this and we've got. But yeah. so eventually it got old. The, the, the message, I think, got old with Josh Pastner a lot yeah. like it did with Mike Bray, although Josh Pastner was not yet Georgia Tech for 23 years like Bray was. Yep. But there is, uh, of course, a uh, a new messenger in South Bend yeah. in, in place of Mike Bray. And tell you what, he's had a busy Six weeks, as you well know, his his first six weeks on the job. I think it's exactly six weeks today, as yep. a matter of fact. So uh, to go from where he was, you know, we'll, we'll talk about some of these guys individually, but just what ended up being able to do, signing a top 25 ranked recruiting class in a span, really of five weeks putting it together. You know, it was just officially announced a couple of days ago to make it six weeks but i mean it's pretty amazing isn't it it is but with with michael shrewsbury in the very little time that i've been able to spend with him and get to know him he's been a guy that is what you see is what you get like he's he, he that's who he is and i think that's a lot sean i think a lot a lot of that is what he's done in the recruiting the last four or five weeks and getting these commitments like everybody knew they were going to get the three former Penn State commitments. They knew they were going to get Keba Jai, who played last season at Penn State and played uh, his last two years of high school at La Lumiere in Laporte. They didn't know they were going to get Julian Roper, but I don't know how much Julian Roper moves the transfer portal meter. So he's been kind of, he's been right down the middle of the fairway to, to steal a golf reference as far as how he's going to construct this team. His next step is to go get a guy whether it's a, a late rising senior or a guy out of the transfer portal, a traditional transfer or a grad transfer to go get a guy that nobody sees coming. Like all these guys that are now part of the Notre Dame men's basketball program, you kind of saw coming the minute that Micah Shrewsbury took the job on March 30th or was introduced to us at Purcell Pavilion on March 30th. You saw all three of these guys coming. Now can he get a guy that nobody does, nobody expects like, whoa, 
so-and-so is going to Notre Dame or Micah Shrewsbury just grabbed so-and-so out of the transfer portal. So that's going to be his next step as, as a coach and as a recruiter. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know, we got we got a little bit of a taste of his personality at that introductory press conference. And you talked about what little time you've been able to spend with him. It's you know, it, it's still some time. How like would you would you compare his personality? You know, like, is it similar to Marcus Freeman? You know, like it, it, it seems like he is just the fact that, you know, you talked about most of these guys, with the exception of Roper that he's bringing in he had previous ties to because of Penn state, whether it was as a player or recruiting there and obviously his son as well. But at the same time, that connection had to have been pretty deep to be able to pull all of them over here to South Bend. Yeah. And I'm I'm sure it was like, it's easy to say, well, he went and got all his Penn state guys. Well, it was easy for him to, to have that pipeline and go get his son, Braden Shrewsbury, Logan Imes out of Zionsville, Kerry Booth out of Cherry Creek, Colorado, who played at uh, a prep school in, in New Hampshire last year. But those guys also have to want to come to Notre Dame. Like they want to play for Micah Shrewsbury, but you also have to look at Notre Dame and say, is this a place that, that, I, that I feel comfortable at? And if I, if I have any reservations, how are those reservations going to be tamped down to say everything's going to be okay there? So it's one thing to have that, that list of guys, same thing with Keba. It's one thing to have all those guys on that list, but it's another to to kind of close the deal and bring them to Notre Dame. So he was able to do that. And as far as Michael's personality, everything is still such a blank slate. It's about as dark as the background that I have in back of me because I, I, I have no idea. Like everything's great now. But everything should be great now because he's undefeated. Everything's new. What's he going to be like if if they they hit a losing streak? Yeah. What's it going to be like when when the knucklehead sports columnist starts 
questioning some of his late game decisions. Like I, I have no idea really what Mike is like, what these kids are like, what this program is going to be like. People are also already on May 11th peppering me with, well, what's the starting lineup going to look like next year? Your guess is as good as mine with it because <laughs> I have not seen any of these guys. And I can throw the I can throw the three returning players in J.R. Knezny, Matt Zona, Tony Sanders, and even extent Marcus Burton. Because yeah, I saw Marcus Burton play at Penn and I saw him win Indiana Mr. Basketball. But playing in the NIC and playing in the ACC, those are totally two different animals. So it's it's just Everything is great right now, but to project out and say, Mike is going to be this or this program is going to be that, it's still so early to tell, and it's just such an incomplete. You know, you bring up Marcus Burton and Vince and I were talking about him yesterday. I kind of feel like with all this juice, you know, bringing in these other three freshmen plus the transfer this week, and you mentioned Roper, who they already had like Marcus Burson, Burton kind of seems like he's been lost in the shuffle. And like, this is an Indiana Mr. Basketball and, <laughs> and, and like from this area to boot, but the fact that he stayed committed through this whole thing, through all this turmoil and upheaval and a coaching, you know, the, just, just the whole thing. It, it, it seems like he's been sort of lost a little bit just in everything that's, that's happened here recently. Yeah. And talking with old Logan Imes last week and one of the, one of the, 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 weird aspects of what last week was all about and getting what five commitments in six days, the way they did. I wound up hooking up with Logan Imes and calling him. He was in, he was in Italy. Like he was, he was on a, he was on a mother son trip with four of his other high school buddies in Italy last year, last week. And I was talking with Logan and he said, you know, talking with Marcus through this process once, once they, they kind of figured out, okay, Bray's leaving, what's going to happen next. Uh, we saw the two other recruits and Brady Dunlap and Fred, Parker Fredrickson get out of their letters of intent. They leave the entire freshman class from last year, Dom Campbell, then Alan Lubin, JJ Starling, they leave. So there was a question. Everybody, everybody wants to say, well, there was no, there was no question. There was no question. You can, you can say what you want about Brady Dunlap who's coming from Southern California. And you can say what you want about Fredrickson who's coming from Oklahoma, but there was no question that Marcus, Burton was going to go to Notre Dame, but I go back to the conversation I had with the Penn basketball coaches the day of Mike Bray's official goodbye at inside the, the, the football press, the football media press conference room at Notre Dame stadium, where the coaches were, were kind of uneasy because Marcus was uneasy at that point, not knowing who the next coach was going to be. If the next coach was going to want, to keep his commitment. But I remember telling the Penn coaches that night as they were getting ready to play Mishawaka Marion in a big time NIC showdown, I said, if there's anybody in this recruiting class, if there's anybody on this current roster that should feel safe and not worry about what his future, his immediate future is at Notre Dame, it was Marcus Burton. Because if you're the new coach, whether you're Michael Shrewsbury or whoever else was going to get this job, if you're the new coach, the one guy I think you have to keep is the incoming local kid who's going to turn out to be Indiana Mr. Basketball. Right. And, and, and a lot of the, one of the Penn coaches that I talked to kind of thought about that. He said, I don't think Marcus realizes that. I, I'm going to let him know that after the Marion game. He played great against Marion. And I think, I think in the hours after 
he had time to kind of think about what was going to happen once Mike Bray decided 23 years was not going to make was not going to be 24 years. Once Marcus was able to think about that, he he thought about it and, and realized Notre Dame is still the best place for me. But like he said, a lot of people forget that they're looking at the returning guys from the roster last year. They're looking at all those Penn State guys. They forget that they've got a guy who averaged 30 a game coming in next year as well. Exactly. Exactly. And he's really good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So he brings in the three freshmen, Kerry Booth, 6'10 forward, and then he gets Jai, another 6'10 forward from Penn State to transfer over. It it just, it it feels like, I'll put it to you, are these bigs a bit more athletic than some of the bigs we've seen here in recent years at Notre Dame? I want to say yes, but again, I've never seen these guys like when I when I was at Lalu a couple of years ago, I, I made three or four trips over to Lalu Mir and Laporte, which is about thirty five minutes away, mm-hmm. to go watch JJ Starling. Like JJ Starling and Keba Jai were high school teammates at Lalu, but when I'm watching Lalu, I'm watching JJ because I'm like, that's the guy that's going to Notre Dame. I and I joked with <laughs> Keba last week when he committed. I said, I said, I never really watched you when I was at Lalu because I was watching JJ, and it, and now it turns out that JJ's gone, and yeah, Kevin's coming and he's in. here. <laughs> yeah, and I, I do, I from what little I remember of him, I think he was a little bit more athletic. He could step outside, he could mix it up in the paint. But again, Big Ten bodies are a little different than ACC bodies when it comes to athleticism, and I'm gonna just have to see along with with Kerry Booth. Like Kerry Booth, I think believes he's going to come in and, and have a have some sort of a, a prominent role as a freshman. But until they get here and they start practicing or they're running up and down the court at Rolfs, then you can look at it and say, "All right, now I see where these pieces fit." But to get two guys who are legit six ten, and I was told that that Keb is over six ten. Kerry Booth, I saw everywhere from six nine to six ten to six eight. I asked Kerry last week when I talked to him when he committed, I said, okay, how tall are you? And he said, the last time I was measured, I was 6'10 and a half, which means he could well well be with shoes on. I was going to say, well with be, or without the shoes. Yeah, with, <laughs> I, with shoes, with socks. I think by the time the season starts, he could be he could be around 6'11. But now, on the, on the flip side, I think he's only about 210 pounds. So he, he's going to have to live in a weight room from now until – the, the the early November when the season starts. A little bit of work to do, huh? Okay. Yeah, still All right. Yeah. By the way, I forgot the obligatory smash the like button if you would, and of course subscribe, rate, and review on your podcast platforms. Jason, one of our listeners asked, was Penn oh was Penn State good at basketball? I thought he was asking about Penn. He asked was Penn yeah. State. Well they were in the NCAA tournament last yeah, year. So they were so. they were pretty good. Like they were okay in the Big Ten. They got hot at the right time. They got yeah. they, they caught a hot streak, and we, we, they were really on a run toward the end of the season. They got played the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, they played in the Big Ten championship game. They were a seven. A, Sounds a, right. I or, they maybe were a seven. ten, because yeah. I know their their first their first game was a seven ten game with Texas A and M. They beat Texas A and M. They almost beat Texas, which was a number two seed. So, yeah, they were they were pretty good when 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 you're talking about Penn state basketball, which has only made the NCAA tournament, I think twice since 2000. So they were good. They were peaking at the right time. They played in a, in a tough league. So 
we'll see what happens with Micah as he moves to the ACC. What about Logan Imes? You talked about talking with him. Is there anyone you would comp him to, you know, like a recent guard? Notre Dame did you roster? read my did you read my story last week, son? Are you like <laughs> you're like you're like serving it up for me right right there? Right on a tee. <laughs> right on a tee, and I'll hit it out of the park. When you look at Logan Imes and you see him play, he's a dead ringer for Cormac Ryan. He looks like him facially. He's got that long, lanky type of type of shooting guard body, athletic guy who averaged about 18 a game for Zionsville this past season. So, yeah, he looks like Cormac Ryan. If he plays like Cormac Ryan when he gets to Notre Dame, that would be just a, an absolute bonus. And he's played with Marcus Burton. He's he's been teammates with Marcus Burton. Right, they were teammates. The story. Yeah. If the Zionsville head coach happens to see this, I apologize, but he played against Marcus Burton during the regular season last year, and Zionsville was up on Penn, twenty-one to one, at one point, and they lost. So when the Zionsville head coach, uh, J.R. Howell, when I talked to him last week. I asked him about Marcus and he said, you, you know, it's kind of a, kind of a sore subject. He was joking, but they wound up losing that game by two. But he said, we were up on Penn 21 to one. And all of a sudden Marcus Burton went and did Marcus Burton things and they wound up wow. losing that game. So wow. I think, and now Logan Imes and Marcus Burton are both uh, Indiana senior all-stars. They'll play in three exhibition games here in early June before Logan and Marcus come to summer school. But he's, he's a shooter maybe more of a two guard than a, than a lead guard. He was asked to do a lot of lead guard stuff at, at Zionsville. But when you look at him play, when you look at pictures of him, when you look at my cat, he looks exactly <laughs> like Cormac Ryan looks. There He looks, he looked like a tiger walking across <laughs> right there. Just filling up the screen. Yeah. He's a, he's a big guy. When well, I also saw that I'm's, Played uh, AAU ball with Braden Shrewsbury when when they were still over in West Lafayette before they headed out to State College. Yeah, and they're they're good friends. They wanted to play together in college, and you once you saw that connection and you understood how deep it was, where they were like, we want to play together when we go when we graduate high school. We want to go to Penn State together. Braden, obviously, Micah Shrewsbury's oldest son, oldest of four kids. When you you knew that Micah was the guy. Obviously, Braden's coming, and if Braden's coming, then Logan Imes is coming because they wanted to play together. Notre Dame. I, when I talked to Logan Imes, he said Notre Dame was not really that involved with his recruitment. Number one, because he recruited so early. I think he recruited in the he he committed uh, the the February of his junior year of high school, so he was off the board. He did say that former associate head coach Anthony Solomon did go to one of his games at Zionsville, and they did kind of do some cursory things, but he was not recruited too heavily by the former staff. But again, once Micah was coming, you knew that Logan Imes was going to be part of this recruiting class. So one of the most interesting things of yours that I have read recently was I think maybe over the weekend, within the last few days, the story mm -hmm. about this guy, this Division II player, R.J. Sunhara, is that how you say it? Sunahara. Sunahara? Okay. Yeah. So he's the Division II National Player of the Year, led, was it Nova Southeastern, to yeah. the Division II National Championship. They're based 
out of Florida. So this is this is another power forward type guy, and there's been some interest from Notre Dame. So where where do you see that right now? Well, I hate to break it to Notre Dame fans, but R.J. Sunahara did commit today, but he committed ah, to play at did. the University of Georgia. Okay. So right. it was Georgia, it was Notre Dame, and it was West Virginia. It, he's such an interesting story, and I knew there was there was it was it was a slight chance that he was going to go to Notre Dame. Like like when we're talking about Logan Imes, guaranteed. Write that story because he's coming to Notre Dame. Same thing with Kevin Jai. Same thing with Kerry Booth. I didn't get that that sense that it was in in the fact that it was just going to be such a jump for him to go from Division Two, a Division Two school, to Notre Dame. Even though he did graduate and he'd be a grad transfer, I, I don't know if that jump was going to be it was going to be too big, and it was. So when I heard RJ Sunahara's story last week. I'm like, you know what? I don't care if this kid's coming to Notre Dame or not. I'm writing this column about RJ because he's such a unique kid. Georgia was the first school to contact him when he went into the portal, which is why he he ultimately visited there first and then went to Georgia. Mm. He went to he he looked at Notre Dame because coming out of high school in Bay, Ohio, the one school that recruited him at Division II was Fairmont State. And the coach at Fairmont State at that point at that time was Joe Missoula, who's now the head coach of the Boston Celtics. So when RJ hit the portal, Joe Missoula got on the phone and called up Micah Shrewsbury and said, I got a, I got a very unique story for you. This kid might work. Turns out it didn't work. But he was also going to go to West, look at West Virginia because his father, he's a native, uh, he's a Hawaii native, went to UCLA. His father's the volleyball coach at West mm. Virginia. Wow. So it's he comes from and his his brother played football at, at West Virginia, comes from an athletic family. It would have been a great story had he gone to Notre Dame. But again, like we said, RJ Sunahara committed today to Georgia. So he's off the board. All right. Which is which is too bad because he's a heck of a he's a heck of a story and he's an even better quote. So from that <laughs> standpoint, I wanted him at Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah. Big <laughs> loss. Big loss yeah. for you. For sure. Well, so they they've got nine players though on scholarship, if my math is yep. correct. Like so, you know, you were talking. Do they do they go find a late senior? Do you know, other transfers? I would think that. You know, how many more do you think he would like to add before you know they they get into the summer and workouts and all that kind of stuff? Well, I think I don't know if the summer's a factor. Summer school starts June twelfth. I want to say. And runs until July 21st. I think in, in speaking with Micah and trying to get a handle on where they want to go with this, I think if they can get somehow get to 12, which would add, which means you add three more players. Now, when I when I talk about the Notre Dame roster, I say nine scholarship players. Right. When people at Notre Dame talk about the roster, they say 10 players overall. They're counting walk on Alex Wade who's a backup guard. So they, they're saying maybe, maybe their, their numbers are different than what my numbers are. But I asked Micah if he feels comfortable in the ability to get to 12. Now, is that 12 scholarship players or is that 12 players overall? overall yeah. He didn't specify, but he believes that before the start of the fall semester, whatever that date is in August, 
they can get to 12 and they can bring in a couple of more guys that they really need to bring in for this team to be somewhat competitive in the ACC next season? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I mean, otherwise, I mean, at the very least, if if you're not able to, add, if you're only able to add even one or two, you're you're probably holding walk-on tryouts, you know. And obviously, <laughs> those are basically practice players, so you know, so what you're going to get from them. But yeah, it's that's why I mean, you look at it. I mean, you feel good about who they brought in, obviously, mm-hmm. but they're obviously very young and varying levels of experience, and you need some more bodies out there. And the concern that I have moving forward with this is, number one, okay, number one, it may not matter if Micah Shrewsbury can recruit and his staff can recruit at a level that we did not see from the previous staff, whether that was Mike Bray, whether that was his assistants, whether it was whatever. If if Micah Shrewsbury can recruit and kind of steer away from the transfer portal, like, to rely on the transfer portal at Notre Dame, that's a concern right now, Sean, yeah. because the guys we that they've got, <laughs> and, and, and even more so now, like we yeah. thought, we we thought that when when Micah Shrewsbury, and even before Mike, we knew Michael was the guy, whoever the coach was going to be, when we saw the exodus of the roster and what the roster made, like like we we kind of knew, we knew all those fifty year guys were leaving last year. Dane Goodwin's not coming back. Nate Lashevsky's not coming back. Cormac Ryan, even though he had a year, probably wasn't coming back. So we knew whoever the coach was going to be, if they didn't loosen up the standards on the on the transfer portal, this was going to be a really hard rebuild. And right now, I think we're still at a really hard rebuild because you haven't you haven't said go get whatever you need and whoever yeah. you need yeah. to make I this mean, roster competitive. You got a, you got a sophomore from Northwestern, where at least the academic is going to be similar to Notre Dame, yep. and you got a freshman out of Penn State who's basically taken some prereqs as a, as a freshman in college this season. So I, I would think that that has to be a lot easier as well. So it's they haven't they haven't gone outside the box by any means with with either of the two transfers that they brought in. And until they do, you're 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 going to wave the red flag with it because yeah, I, I don't know the roster as it's currently constructed. And again, you have to couch this by saying, I've, I've never seen a Micah Shrewsbury team practice. I've never seen any of these new guys actually play together. 
until I see that, I, I won't have a really solid understanding of what this team's ceiling is. But just looking at it on paper, this team went three and seventeen in the ACC. It's going to be hard not to go three and seventeen, five and fifteen because they're so young and they're so inexperienced, and they don't have that one guy that you could look to as a three or four year college guy and say when the going gets tough at Duke or at Carolina or at home against Virginia, this is going to be the guy that, that's going to kind of steady the ship until until they can get that guy. It's it's going to be it's going to be a a hard rebuild, be patient type of season with this program. But at the same time, you know, again, when you're dealing with as much inexperience as he's going to have, because even the veterans on the roster haven't played, mm-hmm. and you know, he's got one guy who's got two, you know, one year of experience, another guy who's got a couple years of experience. They're both basically, you know, role player type guys, even though they have some yeah. starts. But I, I guess my point is. You know, again, going back to what he has been able to put together in six weeks, whether it is completely competitive or not in year one, the fact that he was able to put that together and just kind of have that that new voice and and that new sort of freshness, you know, breathing around the program, there has to be, you know, like where I look at it anyway, there there's more hope right now than there was in early February, mid-February, don't you think? Absolutely, because these are foundational guys. Like Logan Imes, he'll be a three- or four-year guy. Braden Shrewsbury, he'll be a four-year guy. Keba Jai, he'll be hopefully maybe a three-year guy. Kerry Booth, same thing, three-year guy. They're putting the foundation in place. It's it Again, and like we talked about earlier, it was needed for him to get all these guys as, as easy as people say it is. Oh, well, it was easy. He just poached all the Penn State kids. Okay, well, he still had to get them. But again, and, he had to have those relationships with them to get them. Right. You know? So now that now that he's got them, now he's got he has the foundation built. He's got the floor. Maybe he's got a couple of walls. Now he's got to start building up with a couple more top 100 prospects, kids that are, again, another uh, Indiana Mr. Basketball next year or Mr. Basketball in – Illinois or Michigan and start start getting the the elite four stars, four and a half stars. I'm not going to say he's got to get five stars because this is a program that has yet to get the five star on a regular basis. So it's a good start, but it's not a start. It's not a class. It's it's not anything that's going to lead you to believe that he'll be ahead of schedule as far as this rebuild, because you look at all the numbers like just and it it, it makes it makes your head spin where they lost 98% of this and 97% of this and 96% like it's across the board as far as points rebounds assists steals minutes starts everything it's a it's a complete start from scratch type of program so it's a great start but you, you again you have to be patient with the process because we said before it was a three-year rebuild i'll still stick with the three-year rebuild plan so you're going you're you're going year three at the earliest they're a tournament team we had a couple questions from listeners about tournament you're saying year three is is what you're looking at okay year three this is this will be the rebuild year next year you'll be a little bit better you'll pick off some league wins you'll pick off some league road wins 
that you're not supposed to get. And then year three, I think, is when everything is going to start to click, given where they are right now. Like, again, transfer portal, grad transfer. Maybe they pull out a surprise or two between now and uh, early September to where you're like, okay, maybe it's a maybe it's a two year project. We'll see. All right. It's just, um, no, it's, just the, it's just the optimism that we have. That's like, exactly right. To me, there's just there's just so much more optimism right now, like I said, than there was a couple of months ago. So. And not even like even even when we were in in mid-December last year with last year's team, when they got their absolute souls taken from them by Marquette in that home game, there was no optimism the rest of the year that that was yeah. going to get any better. It was only yeah. going to get worse. And we never realized how worse it was going to get. Now it's so far down, the only place to go is up. Yes, that's right. We had no idea February was coming. Right. <laughs> Tom Noy, yes, appreciate it as always. Of course, you can read his stuff in the South Bend Tribune and ndinsider.com. Do you have anything up right now that I haven't read or anything coming up You know that I haven't read? Oh, wow, the sun shifted. We can see your face now. <laughs> Maybe I just moved a little bit. The sun's on the other side of the house. I don't know what the sun, I don't know. It's just, maybe it's my camera. Uh, I have a column with Micah Shrewsbury in, on, in Monday's South Bend Tribune, on, or uh, Sunday's South Bend Tribune, column with Micah Shrewsbury. I sat down with him on Tuesday or on Wednesday for about 30 minutes in his office. I have a Q&A with Micah talking about a, a variety of subjects as far as scheduling, former players, uh, what his office looks like, what he what he wants it to look like. So that's Sunday and Monday, and then also maybe maybe more basketball sometime next week. We'll All see. Right. It's a crazy May. <laughs> gotta love it. <laughs> All right, thanks, Tom. I appreciate it. You got it, brother. Have a great weekend. All right, you too. That yeah. is Tom Noy again from the South Bend Tribune and Indie NDInsider.com. All right, well, thanks. <laughs> To everyone for joining us on the show today. Had a good time. And we'll have the Rapid Fire Friday show at 5 o'clock tomorrow as well. Appreciate you being here. Smash the like button on your way out. And, of course, subscribe, rate, and review on your podcast platforms as well. Peace out. We will talk to you tomorrow on Ivy Nation Sports Talk. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. 
and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com